Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride. Because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. We're so glad that you joined us today here on Girl Water Your Grass. We have a very special guest with us that I am so honored and excited to introduce you to, Miss Mary Lindenberg. So welcome, Mary. Thanks so much for having me, ladies. It's a pleasure to be with you. So Mary is an author. She is a strategist with the Women's School. She is an amazing woman who is literally living out dreams And she is teaching women that you are not too old to dream and that God has a plan for you at every stage of your life. So Mary, tell us a little bit about just your journey and where you are now and what you're doing. I would love to. So I am, um, I'm a wife of 32 years to my husband, Jerry. I'm a mom uh, to four souls, two we didn't get to hold, we lost in miscarriage Mm -hmm. and two that we did. Our son, Jonathan's 31 and engaged to be married. That's a miracle. Didn't ever see that happening. So we really (laughs) rejoice in that. The wedding's this fall. And then our daughter, Courtney was with us for 22 years and she had severe special needs. She had a uh, seizure disorder and, and then through an allergic reaction to medication that was given at seven months old, um, she had uh, basically a brain, um, a brainstem injury because of that, her allergic reaction, to that medicine. So she was was totally normal before then. She was, yeah, she was born in five hours, no drugs, everything was fine. And she had her first seizure when she was five weeks old. So um, it was totally unexpected and it wasn't a genetic abnormality. It was just a big medical question mark for her entire life. There was, they were never able to find out, you know, what the the cause was. Her original, her diagnosis was seizure disorder origin unknown pretty much for her whole Mm -hmm. life. So Um, We lived in kind of, I lived in crisis basically for 22 years in a mobile ICU unit. You know, when Courtney would have a seizure, she would stop breathing. So um, it was a lot of crisis. It was a lot of stress. And um, when you have crisis that comes into your life, it unearths all the things in your life that are, um, you haven't been paying attention to or Mm -hmm. that are wrong and you like put them in the closet. You know how you have that closet in your front of your house where you put everything in and you're like, I don't know where that goes. So we're just gonna put it in there and forget about it. And so that's what I was doing with my life and with my marriage. And then Courtney came along and she was like our our hurricane, our Mm -hmm. earthquake, you know? Um, Everything was brought up to the surface that we needed to take care of. And that revealed in our marriage addiction, my husband, an addiction to pornography, myself, an addiction to food. It revealed um, this lack of what we felt was unworthiness to be loved. Um, that was our, our, both of our wounds of origin. 
And so we went on a journey. We went on a journey of allowing, um, we are both Christians. And so we allowed God to come in and, and do some heavy lifting mm. for us. And we did the heavy work and, um, you know, uh, over the course of, I would say 12 years, uh, doing the therapy and doing all the things that we needed to do for ourselves and to keep our family together, uh, you know, God was able to restore what was broken. So that's what he does. He's real good mm -hmm. at that. So um, now I find myself, my daughter has been home with the Lord now for six years. Mm -hmm. And so the last four years, I was called into kind of a ministry for the broken. And that's really what I call it. It's the ministry for the broken and, and um, teaching women and men and teenagers. That's usually where I work in all, all arenas there um, that it's, you know, your life can be healed. It can be fixed. You can let go of shame. You can let go of your past and you can enter into the fullness of where uh, your mission, your purpose, and your journey are leading you now. And that as a Christian, you know, God does not make mistakes. He doesn't, um, he uses everything in our past, all the lessons that we've learned uh, to go forward and to build the kingdom, this side of heaven. So that's what I do. And for the last, um, I've written two books now. The second one comes out in, in a month at, when we're recording this podcast, it comes out in 30 days. It's very exciting. It's called Be Bold and the Broken. And it's all about finding courage and purpose in your mission in life and how to be specifically the woman God made me to be. And that's uniquely myself. And it's one of the things that I love so much about the woman's school and going through the woman's school myself that really, I was actually going through it and doing the research of this book as I was going through it myself. So um, it's really a story of courage. It's a story of purpose. It's a story of mission. And it's a story about how I came to understand who I am and what my gifts and talents are and what I can offer the world. Wow. It's so beautiful, Mary. Thank you so much for sharing and it's, I just honor you in your, in your courage and in your story. And I'm so sorry for all of the, just the suffering that we know that God redeems all suffering. And yeah. it's just, a, it's a really a beautiful story. Um, talk to us about just, I know a lot of the women you work with, I feel like once their kids are gone, I know your kids are grown, just kind of like, well, this is, is this all there is to life? And just what you're seeing with working with women through the woman's school and the human formation program we have what the general attitude is at that age and how people are stuck and just how you're helping them. So I'm 53 and I never expected to be doing this at 53. If you had asked me <laughs> in my thirties, what I was going to be doing later in life, I would have told you, I would have been a grandmother. You know, that's what I thought I was going toward. And not that I'm not going toward that. I hope and pray that one day that that will be, but, um, I've come to understand that if there is breath in your body, there is work for you to do, right? And so this idea that we come to our 50s or we come to our late 40s, 50s, early 60s, and our kids are off doing what we what we raised them to do, go live their life and, and, and have their children and build their families and pursue their dreams, and that all of a sudden your dream is done. And that's so not, your dream is just getting started. You're using everything that you have um, learned, right? I love the Sarah Blakely quote. She's the owner of Spanx. And she said, there is no such thing as a mistake. There's just stuff you didn't know. Right. And so I didn't know a lot of things. Now I know them and it looks like failure, but it wasn't. And so what I'm finding with these women is that they don't know how to dream right? Because we dreamed as young women, we dreamed about if we would get married, what our careers would be, how many children we wanted to have, what we wanted to do in the world. 
And then life happened, right? And some of those dreams have come true and that's wonderful, but the majority of them have not. And so we haven't learned how to live with um, brokenness. We haven't learned how to um, work through the, the pain of that and let, let the shame of whatever we didn't do go. It doesn't serve us. We need it to leave. And so I'm finding that um, it's the most exciting thing for me that when I enter into strategy with um, these women and for the first time they, they do their, um, you know, their one, four, five DGA and they're handing you a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look at what God is calling you to do. Look at where he's asking you to go and serve the world and make a generous contribution of your life. These people are starting ministries. They're building businesses. They're um, going back to college. They're, you know, they're doing all kinds of things because they finally have given themselves permission mm-hmm. to live fully where they are. And a one for five DGA for those of you who are listening and, and don't know what that is. It's a tool that we use particularly with the women's school, but it's also a tool that a lot of different companies or different um, uh, coaching systems will use. And it, it stands for dreams, goals, and actions, right? Because in order for us to actually accomplish something in getting somewhere, we actually need all of those. And so it, it's a very systematic tool to help us get to those, you know, to the place where we want to we want to be and feel called to. So it helps, it's the practical part of the how. A lot of times we talk about drop the how, ladies, don't even worry about the how initially. And that's true. And at some point we do start to, you know, you put that big dream and you're like, I don't even know where to start or how to. And then we start to very strategically when we're working with our clients or when they're working in the context of a group, they're having, learning these tools to be able to implement the how in a very systematic way without shutting the brain down by the brain saying, that looks too big. (laughs) Yeah. They're easily overwhelmed. You know, we become easily overwhelmed with this idea that we call the impossible dream. Like we don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. And we, we think, oh, this might be where I need to go. And then you, you start to, you know, obviously you discern, you pray you, and then you begin to break it down. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, women of this age have kind of decision fatigue and, um, and they don't know how to dream. They don't know, they know what they want or have some idea of what they want, but they don't know how to formulate that into a plan for their life and they question whether or not it's up to them to do it and so a lot of what I've experienced with women your age is all they want is just I just want a peaceful home I I, and they all they can think about is just this hour but once we kind of get them out of that hijacked modality Mm -hmm. then they it's like you open up the floodgates right so do you think that part of that is just really coming from living vicariously through their children and not filling their cup throughout the life? And now this is, this is where we are because of the lack of really pouring into or doing anything for themselves? Or where do you think that comes from? I think that's part of it. I, there's a lot of things that I, there's this line that I use in, in my classes. Uh, you have to fill your well to live well right? To love well. Mm -hmm. The well has to be filled in order to tip it out. You're going to be dipping that bucket down and it's going to be hitting dirt. So we have not been taught as women, how we've been taught to sacrifice for our families, to sacrifice for our husbands and to sacrifice for something that we consider greater than ourselves. But we have not been taught we've been, or I should say, we've been taught that it's 
We feel guilt when we do anything in regards to quote unquote self-care or anything in regards to filling our own well. We've been taught that that is, you know, you're being selfish. It should be about your children. It should be about your marriage. It should be about, well, where do you think your husband and your children get anything from? Like they get it from you. And so therefore in my house, what I learned was marriage first, children second, Mary third, but Mary's on the list, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to ask my mother who turns 80 in April and for her 60th birthday, jumped out of a plane for fun. Okay. <laughs> Coming after my own heart right there. There you go. She would tell you, no, no, no. You have to love yourself and fill your own well in order to love your husband, in order to love your children in a way that is fulfilling for them and for you. That's life giving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's this kind of disordered thing that we have about um, where we fit in on the list. And many women, I know myself, I lived in an ICU for 22 years. Where was I going to fill my well? right? And it really wasn't until Courtney was, I think, 12 or 13 before I learned how to do that. And in the beginning, I felt awful about it. I felt awful going for a walk by myself. I felt awful going to get a massage. I felt awful um, taking, going and meeting a friend for coffee because I thought there's other things I could be doing. I don't need to do this. But when I started to put myself on the list, what happened was I was more joyful in the home. My home was more peaceful. My home was more put together. It ran smoother because I was filled with joy and therefore I was able to give forth the joy. Can you tell us, because, you know, I think we can all hear those of us who have been working with women for a long time can totally attest that there's a deep resistance against taking care. It's like, no, 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 I'm not being a good Christian. I'm not even being a good woman. If I'm putting my, if I'm taking care of myself, like I need to, you know, and, and even they'll attach scripture aspects of like, well, you know, the best love is to die for it to yourself. And, you know, and how do you think that has gotten so twisted, you know, because obviously, okay, maybe you're putting these people first. And I say first with quotation marks. And at the same time, you're screaming at your children, you know, you're, you're rude to your husband, you know, and, and you're exhausted, right? So you don't even have any kind of capacity to give, right? So where do you think that mentality went wrong? And what do you think the antidote to that is? Well, I used to, I'm kind of a drama queen. So uh, my mom used to tell me, <laughs> you're a great martyr. Boy, you're just a great martyr. You are so good at this. And um, what it is, what I've come to understand it, it's a, it's a false humility, right? That we feel somehow a lack of worthiness in ourselves that we take ourselves off the list. Like I, you know, I need to have everything to pour out to my husband and to my children, or if you're not married to, to whatever your career is or to who the people God has put in your life to love, and, and I am unworthy of that time. It's a, it's a lack of, of self-worth. You know, there's a difference between self-love and self-esteem, right? Self-love is to love yourself, to make sure you're taking care of your physical, mental, emotional needs. It's what we do in the woman's school. We help reveal that beauty of, of all the arenas of our life that when one arena of intimacy or contribution or self-image self is lacking, it affects every other arena in your life. And so self-esteem is to hold myself in esteem above another. And that's what we're saying. We're saying, oh no, I can't do that because you know that makes me um, a sinner, that makes me prideful woman, that makes me selfish woman. 
we, we get those mixed up. And so self-love is all about, you know, um, looking in the mirror and seeing yourself as God sees you. What does he see? You are the apple of his eye. You are the delight of his heart. He wants you well, west, well, well rested. He wants you to be pursuing the dreams and passions that he has put upon your heart. We have to understand that those desires we have, they don't come from us. They come from the one who made us. Mm -hmm. right? And they are meant for contribution. They are meant to bring others to him. So um, January Donovan, who does the one school, she created it. Um, I love how she always says contribution leads to generosity. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what we all want to be? We all want to be so generous in our contribution that we do nothing but fill our well. And uh, our love is done in abundance, right? We can't come from this place of depletion. We have to come from a place of abundance. And so that is what women I think are missing. They are missing abundance in their life. And especially women in midlife, because if you look at culture there, where are we? We're not represented anywhere in culture. We're done. We're not the young yoga mom. We're not the young, you know, entrepreneur. We're, we're like, we're nowhere. Mm -hmm. And so where do you look for other people to inspire you? Where do you look for other people to lead? um you, you have to do it yourself and so this is a void i think that exists right now in this time and just like esther god made me for a time such as this and you know he made me bold he made me brash he made me um loud and you know and a lover of you beautiful you are beautiful exactly. you bring... a lover of all things you know three yeah. so i'm just saying you're not ever too old to dream. You're not ever too old to con uh, to make a contribution to this world mm -hmm. because you're still here and you're still here because he needs you here to do his work. So let's get to work. I love that, Mary. And, you know, I'll tell you from our perspective, here I am a mom of six kids and I was living out of that. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. And I've been uh, part of the woman's school for over a year now. Thank you, Maria. And my kids would tell you, our mom is a different person. We want every mom to take the woman's school. And, you know, I just thought like, that's what you do. You're just exhausted when you have kids, but that's not what God wants us to live. And from my perspective, looking at your age group, we are starving for your wisdom. You all have been given this life to live and life is a gift. And you have gained all this wisdom through life. And when you go literally drink coffee in the morning and wine at night, as I always say, that's not living the purposeful life. We're starving for that wisdom and you have a purpose. And now I feel like it's a divine obligation to pour out the wisdom he has gifted you with to the generations underneath of you. So can you speak into that a little bit and how we are literally just starving for your wisdom and how we can light the fire for women to get out of that place of comfort, which is really just, I mean, what is comfort? Coffee in the morning, wine at night. It's actually robbing you of your contribution, right? So talk to I us a little bit about that. I think for me, what it comes down to is accompaniment. It's multi-generational ministry, right? Mm -hmm. It's an accompaniment with women. So I look to my mom for what she went through, for um, all the barriers that she knocked down and her generation knocked down uh, to have, so that I would have all of these opportunities that she didn't have. And yet at the same time, she still stayed home and raised eight kids. But my mom was an officer in the Navy in the 1960s in the Vietnam War. She outranked my father when she met him. And as, as she would say, she outranked him her whole life. <laughs> so, you know, she never expected to be married or be a mom. 
And yet God placed it on her heart to marry this man. And they had eight kids in 10 years. Now my mother ran our home like a squadron and off of an aircraft carrier. Okay. It was a tightly run ship. But then when my mom, you know, my sister went off to high school, my mom looked around at her life and said, I know this isn't all for me. I know it isn't. And she went back to work and she spent the next 23 years pouring into college students and pouring into young men and young women and being this light of, um, calm of peace of you can do this you are capable of this and you know I am here to support you in this and so we got to see a whole different mom when I was a young adult compared to when I was you know growing up in that home and so I learned from her that it is possible to remake your life it's possible to dream again it's possible to rise from, you know, beauty rises from the ashes of life, right? I've been through all of these hard things. And what is God asking me to do now? He's saying, go to the broken, Mary, go to the people that look at themselves in the mirror and they don't see beauty. They see um, bad decisions. They see shame. They see all of the things that they could have done right, but they didn't. And nobody is there to tell them you are loved. You are worthy. You can do this. And I'm going to walk with you while we do it. And so I think the woman's school for me is a ministry of accompaniment. It's a ministry of celebration. It's a ministry of encouragement. And it's a ministry kind of like um, putting your feet to the fire. Like, nope, you're not going to slide back because you've got this. You've got this. It's, it's building skills. So, you know, the wisdom that I have earned, I can now sit down in a room of young moms who are freaking out that their kids aren't doing what their kids are supposed to do in their minds and say, I promise you, they will not be carrying their blankie when they walk down the aisle to get married. I promise you that's not going to happen. And when they get their first speeding ticket, do not lose your shazazzle. It's a teaching moment. Okay, this is how we go. This, you know, they're not going to end up in reform school. It's going to be okay. Um, it's all about, it's all about, you know, just pouring that wisdom in to say, let me tell you about when I went to court with my son for a driving ticket. Let me tell you about that experience, what he learned, what I learned, and how we would do it differently so that you can, you know, you do it better. You know what I love with that? So I've been a women's ministry called His Own, and we've done a lot of events with women. Um, where we've had a lot of women 50 and up, right? And the, so many of them, the conversation we hear with just tears, they literally feel like, you know what, like kind of my life is over. You know, my kids are raised, there's nothing left for me. And I remember one conversation with someone and just saying like, we need you, your wisdom. You know, you guys have wisdom that those of us, we haven't walked through a lot of things that you guys have walked through. And I really believe it is such a tactic of the enemy to like, to, to make that age group think, you know what, you, it's, it's time for you to be discarded. You don't matter anymore. Your life isn't really worthwhile. Just go do your little thing. When the reality is that's the time I see it as the time that actually we need our fifties and up to be diving in deeper, to be pouring in, in more because there are generations, honestly, that, that we are losing you know, because we do not have the wisdom and the support of the older generation because the older generation has been told, oh, we don't need you anymore when it's such a lie. Oh gosh, that's what Satan wants, right? He wants us to live in confusion 
and in lies. He wants us to believe that because we've chipped over the, the age of 50, that, you know, we're supposed to go shopping and do lunch. And, um, you know, I can't eat that many lunches. Like it's not possible. <laughs> right. So, uh, and I have not, you know, I have two children, one who's in heaven, one who's getting married. Do I want to spend time with grandchildren one day if God so blesses them? Absolutely. But at the same time, that's not the purpose of my life. The purpose of my life is to serve, right? The purpose of my life is to step outside my doors and to meet the world where it is and bring them light, bring them courage, bring them wisdom. And I do that through the stories of my life. And I do that through sitting on the sofa with a young mom who's just broken and doesn't know what to do. And it's like, okay, let's figure this out. We can figure this out. Let me show you what I've learned. Let me share with you. If you wanna do it, great. If you don't, great. But let me at least acknowledge to you where you are and how you can get out of where you are. You don't have to remain in this lack this season of lack, you know, you can enter into a season of abundance. And I guess I'm just in a place in my life where God has restored and redeemed so much that I, I refuse to keep it to myself because I know it's not what I'm supposed to do. I am supposed to go out and I'm supposed to walk out and say to the world, pay attention, people. We have something to say and you need to sit down and listen. And if that means I need to put you in the naughty quarter in order to do it, then you know what? I'm a woman of a certain age and I'm not afraid of you. And so therefore... Let's sit down and let's actually talk about it. And I'm not afraid of hard things. You know, we've been through enough that I don't, grief doesn't bother me. Grief doesn't scare me. Broken marriage doesn't scare me. Um, I've, you know, I, my husband had an addiction to pornography. I entered that addiction. That doesn't scare me. How can we get you out of that season of lack and into abundance? And how can we... We ask uh, God to help repair the intimacy in your life. How can we ask him to help step into that self-esteem and self-image and where you are, right? The esteem versus love. Let's pull you out of the esteem and into the love. Let's, let's get you to a place that you can stand in front of that mirror and go, I'm doing okay because I'm doing okay. I love it. And I, I mean, I would say the gift of time to me is the greatest gift that we have. And you do have a bit more time when you don't have all these other dependents on you. So it really is, a, the, the time is now for your age group to really step out and impart this wisdom. Let me ask you, what would you say to the woman who feels like my, exactly what we are talking about? What would you say to that woman? But my life is over. It doesn't really matter anymore. I don't even know how to dream. And I don't even have any dreams. What would you, what advice would you give to that woman? Everybody's got a dream. We just got to find it. It's buried so deep in your heart. You've buried it so deep to protect it. We just got to go dig and see where it is. I don't think anybody, I, I think every single woman, man, we all have dreams. Mm -hmm. We all have dreams. Do we call them dreams? Do we use that word dream? No. Maybe we use the word hope. I hope one day I can. I think one day I can. Maybe one day I can. But we're afraid to use the word dream because if we assign it as a dream, then we got to figure out a way to meet that right? So um, I would say, yes, you have a dream. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, I'm walking with, with several women right now who said that exact same thing. They're like, I don't know what I was meant to do, Mary. I'm like, okay, well, let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. And what do we do? We walk them through this assessment of how they think of themselves, um, all the arenas of their life. What is it that they want? Mm -hmm. You know, that I 
think for um, most of the clients that I work with, their big moment, their breaking moment is the I want and don't want list. Like, I want this in my life. I want to get up in the morning and feel at peace with my life. I want my home to be in a certain order. I want to, the financial freedom to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I want a better relationship with my children, with my husband. What don't I want? I don't want chaos. I don't want um, constant confrontation. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want, you know, and so they begin this process of I do when I don't. And then from there, what are your passions? What do you love to do? Mm -hmm. I mean, there are women that are incredible artisans, embroidery, uh, yarn. I mean, the way they quilt, they, uh, they, and they've done this and they're like, oh, it's just what my grandmother did. No, 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 no. This is a beautiful artistic gift that we need in the world. There are women that are, you know, great bookkeepers and they're like, well, we've run the finances like this for years and I'll look at their books and I'll be like, can you do mine? This is amazing. (laughs) How do I do this? You have to teach me. Right. And so they can run a class. They don't even know their own gifts. They do not know their own gifts because Uh, they just have, nobody's been there to say to them, that is a gift and a talent that needs to be shared with more than just your family. You need to step out and share it with the world. And how has the feedback been for the women? How's the feedback been for those that are in the program? Of oh the my gosh, school? they love it. They're frustrated at first. The first thing is panic. That's what everybody feels, right? And by lesson three, as we walk through this, it's a 22 week program. So by the, the third lesson, usually the response is they just sit and stare at you on Zoom for like 15 minutes and go, I can't, I don't, I can't, I please help me. I just don't. Yeah. And it's a total panic attack. And so it's like, we take a deep breath and I'm like, let's talk about it. Right. And so many women are verbal processors. So through that process of walking with a strategist and talking to them, they're able all of a sudden, and I'm listening. So I'm listening for words that are repeated. I'm listening for um, situations and stories that are retold, right? Because that's where we go. Those are the places where we pull our dreams from. Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to, you know, the middle, you've got like this one of my clients that I work with, she's been through a lot of difficulty in her life. She's been divorced. Her marriage has been annulled. She's Catholic. So her marriage has been annulled and she is creating this beautiful ministry for those people in the church that have been divorced and annulled and are are ready to step out into their life and, and this new place to be. And we don't have that. Like there's nothing out there like that. And I'm just like, you watch her come alive. And she just, she's beaming. She's smiling. She's like, I can do this. I, I know what this is. I know what this experience has been. We have another one who's working on a different women's ministry uh, for special needs kids and, and for her child's specific um, issue. And she's like, oh my gosh, we need this. There are women that need this. I know three of them right now that if I just shared this with them, they would feel so much better about their life. You have women that are starting businesses. You have women that are um, going back to school and it all comes out from, from that process of looking at all the arenas of your life and where are you weak? What is the weak? We always start with the weakest link because when you can improve that, then that brings all the other arenas up into a better place. And then we go to the next one and the next one. And it's just a beautiful process to watch. And, um, and there's a lot of resistance along the way. And I, as their strategist and their number one cheerleader, and, and we actually do strategy. We, you know, really, um, get down and dig into, um, the depths of what it is they're struggling with. And, 
say goodbye to shame and say goodbye to doubt and enter into confidence and step out in the world and do what they've been asked to do. So amazing and such a gift. I know that I feel like we could sit here and listen to you share <laughs> for the next 10 hours. Well, tell us, how are you watering your grass this week? That's something that we love to just at the end of our podcast, just to share, you know, how are you watering your grass this week? And what this week I'm watering my grass with, um, with companionship, with being able to touch stone with a few people in my life that, you know, in this crazy time in our world with COVID, we haven't been able to do that. And so I'm able to catch up with, uh, I'm making time to catch up with some girlfriends and just kind of catch up to where, like, where are you and how can I pray for you? And how can I encourage you? And, and that's on what we, I call it the girlfriend loop. It kind of goes back and forth between the two. And so that's really how I'm watering my grass. I'm really kind of um, making time in my schedule to have those conversations. And um, it's been a gift. Love that. And what would you, what advice would you give someone? They are in that age group of 50 and up. What advice would you give them to be, start to water their grass? I would say, take a look at, do, what do you want? What is the, I want, and I don't want make a list. This is what I want in my life today. This is what I don't want in my life today. This is what I want in my life tomorrow. This is what I don't want. And take a look, take a real deep look at that list. And then let's deal with what you don't want. So we can create a life of abundance in where you want to go. Um, it is never, ever too late to begin again. It's scriptural. It happens every day is a brand new day. And it doesn't matter what happened yesterday because today is brand new and it's a gift. And we should be pursuing life to the fullest and most abundant way we can. Amen. And we will definitely be putting, um, we will be putting all your information in the notes. And tell us, tell us where we can find your books, the names of them and where we can find those, Mary. So all of our listeners can go buy your books and be yes. back by your, by your work. And if they want to work with you too. So we want Oh to yeah. The first book was Be Brave and the Scared, How I Learned to Trust God During the Most Difficult Days of My Life. That is now, it's available on Barnes and Noble, Amazon, and it's now also available. I read the book, so it's available on Audible. And then um, the second book is called um, be bold in the broken, how I found my courage and purpose in God's unconditional love. And that launches, it's now in pre-order on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, christianbook.com. Um, on March 12th is the, um, the launch date for that. And you can go to maryleneberg.com at any time and inquire. I give retreats and I speak all over the world. Um, and also find me on Instagram or Facebook. And that's Lennonberg, L-E-N-A-N-B-U-R-G. No extra N. So L-E-N-A-B-U-R-G. Okay. I had it wrong. So there we go. Mary Lena Berg. And we are just so grateful for you being here with us today. Mary, you truly are a gift to all who know you and you just bless us all. Uh, on top of that, we haven't gotten into a lot of funnies today, but y'all, this is one of the most hilarious women. Give us one funny about um, your sugar fast that you're on. How's it going? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, giving up chocolate is like, oh, it's just a journey. Um, I, so my husband came home the other day and I heard the crinkle, you know, the crinkle, right? I, I call oh, yeah. it peanut butter cup crinkle because those are his favorite. And I heard the crinkle in the kitchen and I walked into the kitchen and I found him like a gerbil by the kitchen sink eating the <laughs> butter cup. So I wouldn't see it. And I was like, you know, I kissed those lips. 
And I'm not doing that right now because you betrayed me. And I know if I do, then I'm going to, I'm going to taste, you know, Reese's peanut butter cup. And that's just cruel and unusual punishment. And so he was just with this whole mouthful. He's like, I'm so sorry. You know? <laughs> oh my goodness. You're done. You guys, you are going to want to get more of this woman because she's amazing. We will probably have her back on another episode to just share more of these gems. And, um, but come, you know, make sure you listen, like, subscribe, follow all the things, share it and go get her books go follow her and reach out to her, especially if you are 50 and up, or if you know someone, maybe it's your mom, your, you know, your friend, your sister, whoever, share this incredible woman and the gifts that she is bringing into the world, share that with her. Without it, it really is a robbery. So Mary, we cannot thank you enough. Thank you for just the beauty you bring and the light. And thank you for taking your valuable time and spending it with us today. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's always so much fun to see you. Your dream.